Mexican, Jason. I want to ask you about you know the difference between kind of the old school, old guard, human collectors and intelligence professionals, and the new school guys, the new generation. Okay. Well, I guess I start off with saying I didn't do this for a long time, six years. So there are people who are far better qualified than me to speak on it. But in my experience, um, one of my first impressions of the quote unquote old school was an instructor of mine was Gary Schroen. Um, some people may recognize him from the book First In. And uh, he, was, he took one of the first team into Afghanistan, uh, CIA team and special forces team in Afghanistan. He was a, uh, uh, one of my uh, instructors early on and just an amazing guy, just, you know, sharp as a, you know, sharp as a tack. He just, just amazing guy. So he told some great stories about things that he did. And, uh, you know, you read the books, um, uh, you know, sat down, I was able to sit down, sit down with um, uh, Charles Faddis, got some great stories from him. And, so when you hear their stories and you look at the way we do things today, the way I was taught to do things, it's the same way. It's just the people who are sending down the orders to do things may have changed their, their, their way of thinking things. Um, like I was saying, you have the 30 foot, you know, 30,000 foot view of things. And then you have the, the guy on the street. Well, the people who are at 30,000 feet were on the street at one time, but the administrations change, the policymakers change. So what they're being ordered to do and the way they're being ordered to do it trickles down to us. So I think the difference between the old school, the OGs, and uh, the newer um, generation, from a negative con standpoint, it would be, I think we're a little, we're just now starting to get back into the um, getting away from being risk averse, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I kind of cringe at that term because risk averse means, you know, to the way I look at it is you're not willing to do anything. You hide in your hole. We don't do that. It's just that we definitely don't take the chances that they took back then. You know, Wild yeah. Bill Donovan, um, you know, Billy Wall, all those guys. It was basically this is what we this is the end result we want. How you get it done is up to you. Yeah. yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Sometimes that goes <laughs> backfires in our face. But, you know, um, uh, Charles uh, Faddis um, told the story of a raid that the British did in, I want to say it was Greece, I believe, in, where they, it was two Brits, I believe, and maybe a couple partisans went into a, uh, behind the lines and kidnapped, I think it was a German general or colonel, from right under the nose of an entire division. An entire, just right under the nose, took him out to sea, picked up, I believe it was by submarine or whatever, gone. And he asked me the question, could you see that being done today? Nope. No. <laughs> no. I, you know, raids have been done, but of course, as soon as they're done, you know, we hear about it on the news. You know, we lost this guy or that gal or whatever. Um, but it's not that same kind of daring. Vietnam, for instance, you know, um, uh, uh, Tilt Meyer can talk about it. You know, these guys are sneaking literally, you know, across borders snatch and grabs or whatever they got to do sneaking right back across nine times out of ten they make contact and it's just it's hairy but there's two americans and four montagnards exactly yeah. yeah yeah and they're doing this knowing that if hell breaks loose there's a good chance they're absolutely on their own whereas today we have technology we have um you know drones we have satellites we have all these things that can cover our backs so to speak and I think we kind of rely on these things a little too much um, because now technology is biting us in the ass. 
with, um, you know, you guys would know. You're going into countries, and it's like, oh, before you um, walk through uh, the gates into our country, can you put your thumbprint here, or can you look into this scanner real quick? Luckily, not every country shares this information, but those kind of things are brightness in the ass, and I don't think we anticipated it far enough out that um, we're able to do the things that they could do, you know, the, the old school could do. They could go into a country in one name, operate in another, mm-hmm. and come back out in a third name, and not, nobody was the wiser. Uh, I don't think we're, we're able to do that today. But I think, and some people may take this wrong, I think today's uh, uh, spies are better educated, so to speak, you know, mm-hmm. um, have a better handle on the world, on world events, because of social media, things like that. Like, literally before a meeting, I, whatever that, wherever that was, I would literally look on Facebook at that person's Facebook page or, you know, see what they're tweeting or whatever it is just to maybe get a sense or even get, a ch- get something to be able to talk to them about. If it's a, especially if it's a hard nut with a, a rapport, something like that, and I can see what they're interested in. Back in the day, you had to show up at an embassy yeah. party or you had to catch them on the tennis court you know, or you're a hunter. Yeah, I'm a hunter too. Let's go. And you know nothing. You Dick Cheney a guy. You know, <laughs> you know. Uh, but, but that's what you had to do. But now we can go on social media. We can, you know, um, watch the news. Twenty four hour news is a great thing. Sometimes it's not such a great thing. But you can see what might be happening in that part of the world for the asset that you're going to go talk to in twenty minutes, where you can update yourself because. God forbid you get there and you haven't watched the news, you haven't read a newspaper, you haven't looked at Facebook or whatever, and you start spouting something and he's like, he or she's like, yeah, that's not the case anymore. Our president's dead, you know, or something like that. So I think those are the differences. I think they were better with taking risk, you know, the physical do or die risk. We're better at preparing to, you know, have to take those risks. What do you make of you know the the younger generation of spies? And I mean, it can be said some in some cases. I think for the younger generation of soldiers too, that you know you see a little bit of this like Call of Duty generation mm-hmm. coming up. And if you saw some of that in, in the agency, as I've heard stories of things like um, you know young people, young uh, people with graduate degrees coming into the agency, and they're like, I don't want to go to Afghanistan. I don't want to. Oh, go. absolutely. What am I going to do? Why, why would I want to do absolutely. that? Absolutely. I think I told you a story when I was in a certain war zone. Um, in an embassy, and uh, the chief of station, I'm sorry, it was not the chief station, it was that um, section chief, that uh, uh, section chief said, got everybody together and said, hey, I want everybody to be self-drive, self-drive qualified, meaning you have GRS, the global response guys, and you know, they basically will would drive you to your meetings and yeah. act as your Those are all the Ranger Battalion things. guys. Yeah, exactly. Guys you know, are your babysitters. Yeah, and they would do all that stuff, and they were amazing at it. They were great. You know, I love them. But they wanted us, because there, were, there weren't at the time that I was in this place, they weren't being able to get visas. Once they left, they weren't being able to get visas to come back in. So they were shorthanded. So they said, we need you guys to get self-drive qualified. Basically, what they do is they give you a class. This is the city you're in. This is the area. These are the do's and don'ts. Let's go. Put you in an up-armored vehicle. They would drive out to a certain point. You would drive back. So you can see what it's like to drive where you can't even see the road because there's people everywhere and you have to navigate through them and things like that. So they wanted us to be able to do that on our own. Literally out of, I think, about 12. uh, Now, these are 12 core collectors, case officers in the room. Eight of them raised their hand and said, no fucking way. 
literally said it to their boss, I'm not doing it. And when he was like, well, why? It was because I'm not doing it. That's not my job. That's GRS's job. It's my job to get the intel. It's their job to drive and protect. I mean, isn't a case officer supposed to be the person that can work independently and they can blend in and disappear, so to speak? Absolutely. So I think that, I'm not saying that that's all of the younger, you know, our younger generation, not at all. But that had a huge impact on me. Like, wow, you know, these are people who have been doing it longer than I have. They're young. As a matter of fact, they're younger than I have, but they've been doing the job longer than I have. And for them to take that attitude and to say it to their boss, just, I was, you know, it was a really big, uh, big surprise and not in a good way. Um, The other thing would, uh, I'm sorry, the other thing would be um, their education, yeah, is is a lot better. And I think they kind of rest on that a little too much. What does that spell then for the future of American intelligence gathering? When intelligence gathering seems like, I, I mean... I wouldn't want to say it's more important. It was probably more important actually during the Cold War when we were facing the specter of nuclear mm-hmm. warfare. But obviously there's still a huge um, you know, uh, push for better intelligence mm-hmm. in America. Policymakers always want better intelligence. Yep. We're dealing with this sort of nebulous threats in a post-Cold War environment. I and mean, what does this spell for the future of American intelligence gathering? Um, I think not unlike, but more so than the old school guys and gals, um, we need to be dual-minded because Walking down the halls of headquarters when I was there, it was, hmm, little five o'clock shadow. He's about to go to Afghanistan. Or, hey, that guy looks like Jihad Johnny. He just got back. Everybody had a beard, even some of the women. And, <laughs> you know, and uh, so it was like, they were, that was their mindset. It was, I got to get to war zone. I got to get to a war zone. And then nobody was thinking, hey, your next assignment in two weeks is you're going over to Europe. Yeah, yeah. Now you've got to meet with Vlad or, you know, or Guten or whoever, and you're going to get traditional intel, and not many people think like that. Yeah, so I think we need to be dual-minded, dual-hatted. You know, we need to be able to um, divide our mindset between traditional and, and actually focus a little more on traditional, because now it's all starting to mix. Terrorism and traditional, counterterrorism and traditional intelligence gathering or intelligence um, subjects are starting to mix, so we got to get in that mindset. Why do you think it's mixing like that? Is it because of the state sponsors of terrorism? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Which, unlike the in the Cold War, um, they're not so in your face now. You know, everybody can say, "Oh, Russia's backing these guys or that," but you, we have no real proof of it other than we might find something that's got you know Russian on it, writing or whatever. But we, it's it's they're more in the shadows now. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah.